So we have a great feast today, and in some places this is like the last day of Christmas, because in a real way, that Messiah coming into the world, being brought to those who have been waiting for him, that theme that we see so often with Christmas, this is really a continuation of that. And that excitement for the Messiah. And we try to portray, we try to put ourselves in the mind of what it must have been like to be a first century uh, Jewish person who'd been waiting for the Christ, waiting for the Messiah all this time. You know, how do we understand that? Again, we see it in the first reading, the prophet of Malachi, the last book of the Old Testament. And it's that longing, that urging, that, uh, that craving for Christ and waiting for the arrival of the Messiah. That line, one day when we go in the temple, the Lord we are looking for will be there. That understanding that, you know, the Jewish people had been through ups and downs. They had built that great temple, beautiful temple for Solomon. It was destroyed and the people went into captivity. And then that whole just waiting for hundreds of years is finally here that one day when we go into the temple the Lord will be there and that's what we celebrate on the presentation Mary and Joseph bringing Jesus Jesus to the to the temple and for me this is like a really kind of a special day for, for like my own personal story uh, I've said many times you guys probably know I'm from Rockford and oldest of four my parents they got, they got married in 1987 and I'm born in 91, so there's a few years there. They tried for like a few years um, to have a child, and they were kind of struggling with infertility, which can be a big cross for young couples. Obviously, you want to bring life into the world, and when you're trying and it doesn't happen, it, it's, it's really tough. It's hard to kind of grapple with as a couple. Um, they're finally able to become pregnant. Obviously, so much joy for the first child, that anticipation building, uh, and they ended, up, they ended up actually losing that first child to miscarriage, my brother or sister, who I believe to be in heaven. And just the way it kind of worked out, um, they were actually able to get pregnant again with, with me um, in between the time of that miscarriage and when that baby would have come to full term. So when they had that miscarriage, my dad, uh, obviously tough moment, he, he took my mom to the chapel, kind of holy family where they met in Rockford and they prayed and they just kind of said a prayer to our lady they said you know your son Jesus is in charge of our family and we just surrender our, our family to his will if he's if he's willing to give us a child and that first one we'll give to you so when I was born at St. Anthony's Hospital in Rockford they kind of took me into the chapel and consecrated me to the Blessed Virgin and uh, to, the, to the will of the Lord so uh, you know, when I was growing up, they just let me be a knucklehead, which I really appreciated. They didn't, it's not like when I was dating in high school, they're like, oh, sorry, honey. I mean, he's gonna be a priest, so good luck. But uh, they never did that. Even when I joined seminary, I remember the morning I told my parents, I was, I was thinking about joining seminary, and my mom, she's like, I know. It's like, what do you mean you know? I'm telling you right now, but I didn't know this story. So uh, it bugged me as a very prideful son. But later, actually a few years after I'd been in seminary, they told me this story. When I was going to theology, they told me about this. So just this understanding um, that, that joy of being able to, you know, I had four, we were blessed with four children, and you know, through the grace of the Holy Spirit, and really the prayers of all of you, 
the fruit of the vocation is why I feel so blessed to be your priest, to be here. Um, there was a lot of trial. There was a lot of suffering. A lot of purification. Those years of infertility, it's hard. But we all have trials in our life. We all have those difficult problems. You know what they are. We all have them. And we got to surrender to trust. Because as it says in that first reading, one day the Lord will be there. But until that moment, we have to be like the refiner's fire. The refiner would take the precious metal that for whatever reason had lower base metals in it and they would purge it through extreme heat of the base metals so that only what was precious would remain. I remember being over in Rome at the North American College where I went to theology and my spiritual director, he's from Newark, New Jersey, and uh, he had quite an abrasive personality, East Coast, you know, and he would intimidate me sometimes. He's kind of loud, uh, great, great priest. And he would tell me the same story over and over again. But I, I couldn't, couldn't say anything. I would just listen, nod. You know, he helped me a lot, but I have to put up with his stories. So this one story I heard like 12 times was when he was at the North Marion College. And the, the main heart of the campus is in a square. And in the center, there's 50 orange trees. It's, you know, it's Italy and Rome. They've got citrus fruit that grows there. It's big old orange trees. It kind of represents the 50 states that they send their seeds over to Rome to study. And in that, that sacrifice, in that study, fruit would be brought forth for the vocations to come back and, and to give that the church in the United States, that's the symbol. But it's kind of, it's kind of a, a cool thing. We all know that those represent the states. And he goes out in the courtyard when he was in seminary, and he sees the gardener taking an, like a hatchet to the trees. And he's like, the gardener, he's done lost his mind. He's chopping the trees down. So he goes and actually he tells one of the priests in charge He's like, the gardener's lost his mind. He's chopping down our trees. We got to do something. He's like, no, you don't understand. It's pruning season. We might think of pruning a little bit, but with orange trees, if you want the best fruit, if you want the most bountiful yield, you have to really hack them down to where it just looks like it's, there's nothing left but the stump and maybe a few uh, stubs. Obviously, it's not more than the tree can handle, but it's a lot. So brothers and sisters, in the trials in our life, in the problem, that refiner's fire, that putting through extreme heat, it's painful. And for many of us, we struggle to surrender. We struggle to let that pruning happen to our heart. But God, is telling you that you, as daughters and sons of God, are created precious. And that anything that's not of God is worth being pruned away. It's, it's okay to let 
that suffering happen now so that fruit can be brought forth. Think of Simeon and Anna. All those years of waiting. Not just the weight of their own life, but the weight of generations. Waiting for the Christ. Waiting for that day that they could walk into the temple and the Lord would be there. And in the most beautiful, innocent child, there was Christ. Imagine the Blessed Mother handing them that baby Jesus. And in that moment, they held the Messiah. They held the Redeemer. In a few moments, we'll dwell with that same Lord inside of us. So brothers and sisters, just sit in awe with the Messiah, for He is our Savior.